This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to Devin Eismunger. I'm the CEO of Anchor Foods. Devin, the reason that we're having this conversation is all about Eskim. Yeah. Eskim is making your business incredibly challenging to the extent that you've had to put most of your places under photovoltaic panels. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Um, so just to clarify, we've, we've put down now 650 kilowatts worth of uh, photovoltaic panels on our processing plant in Stutterheim. Um, that facility has a peak usage of about 1,000 kilowatts. That usage averages out at around about 600 kilowatts, so we're hoping to, to mainly be drawing from our photovoltaic cells uh, during the day. And then we've also begun to equip our broiler farms as well. So we've placed another 90 kilowatts worth of solar power in conjunction with a battery system on one of our broiler farms in Stutterheim. Can you tell us what the total cost of this is going to be? Uh, we're looking at upwards of $7 million for this project. Those projects generally pay back, though, within, within four to five years. And you've already invested a bomb in generators. Yes, yeah, we have... Uh, a 750 kilowatt uh, or KVA generator as well as a 500 KVA generator running our processing plant. And then on each of our eight broiler sites, uh, we have between 150 and 350 KVA of generator power. Do you foresee any stage where you can wave goodbye to Eskom? Potentially, but not within the next seven to eight years. I think it would take longer than that. Um, the the cost of solar is it's affordable, um, but you're al- it's only on during the day, and and at night you still need to run that power, and so you end up running off gensets, and the cost of batteries becomes prohibitive. So as the cost of batteries goes down, the chances of Baba Eskim go up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever be able to do without Eskim though, but. Yeah, as the cost of batteries comes down, we should be able to get off-grid for longer and longer periods of time. So you haven't invested seven bars for nothing. So what are the threats to chicken if you've got a inconsistent supply of electricity? Thanks, Eskim. So on the processing side, you are holding uh, at any given time between 10 and uh, 15 million rands worth of frozen stock. Um, and obviously, if you lose power and you're unable to keep that stock refrigerated, you will lose all of it. Um, in addition, we're on the fresh poultry side, and so uh, lost orders for us today are lost forever. It's not like we can supply those customers tomorrow. If we have to stop our operation, we immediately begin losing sales, and in addition to that, we, we still keep paying uh, stuff. And so uh, we, if, if we were to not be running on gensets, I'm sure that our operation probably would have gone out of business by now. I know that some of the larger operations in the country uh, are unable to run on gensets just because their operations are so large and those guys have really, really battled. And yeah, So the, that, that part of it is, is one aspect. And then on the farming side, um, a modern environmentally controlled broiler house uh, keeps all the chickens inside in, in perfect environmental conditions and it does that by cooling the air and by recirculating the air through those houses at a regular rate um, and to keep those birds in comfort. On a hot day, if that house loses electrical supply, um, you have about 20 minutes before your chickens start to die. So 
just from the buildup of, of carbon dioxide and heat created by their own bodies in that environment. And you've got a lot of chickens. Yeah. 200,000 at any one time or 200,000 slaughtered? So we slaughter 200,000 a week. At any given time, we have probably between 800,000 and a million birds on the ground. Feed must cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, yeah, it does, and, and more so recently. To give you an idea, with the, with the increases in maize prices, uh, at the beginning of this year, our feed bill was averaging between six and a half and seven thousand rand a ton. Uh, we're now upwards of eight thousand five hundred rand a ton. The chicken farmers, the chicken producers, are at constant war with Amy. Amy standing for the Association of Meat Importers and Exporters. Amy says we must bring in chickens because it's cheaper. You guys say it might be slightly cheaper, but you don't want to put hundreds of thousands of people out of work. What's your view on this? So, From an employment point of view, Anchor Foods employs, uh, and we spoke about this earlier, between 750 and 800 people, right? Uh, depending on, on sort of seasonal stuff. If I were to do what Amy does and just bring in that chicken, I could get away with supplying this market with the same amount of chicken and employ probably 50 maximum 50 people to do so. That's drivers for trucks and forklift drivers to... Not 50,000, 50. 5-0. people. So if our organization was to say, we no longer farm, we no longer process, our operation could probably cut 700 jobs and supply the same amount that, that we do currently by bringing it in. Chicken is the leading source of protein in South Africa. What's behind it? What's number two, I mean? Uh, pork. So without chicken, people would we'd be in disaster. trouble. Yeah. And, and when it comes to, to importing and exporting, Amy likes to paint the picture that South Africa is uniquely protectionist of its poultry market. But, but we would say that that's not the case. Uh, the European Union limits the percentage of imported chicken uh, that comes in, as do many other countries. The States does as well. South Africans' broiler farmers are, are competitive, but the United States will not let us export to the United States, but they want to export to South Africa. The Re European Union will not let us export to the EU, but they want to export to South Africa. So my, my answer would simply be, well, we're happy to take imports from countries that let us export to them. I think that if that happened and we were achieving 120, 130 rand a kilogram for filleted breast, we'd be able to drop the prices of, of uh, drums, wings and thighs into our local market and we'd be very competitive. You've been with the company for, what, eight years now? Yeah. Have you had a tougher period, tougher than you've got now? It, difficult for me to say. When I joined the company, um, I joined in 2015 and that was at a very, very low point. So... The 2015-2016 the market was very tough. Um, that was during a period of time when imports were rife. Um, and shortly after I joined in the 2017-2018 market, the government stepped in, um, implemented tariffs against several countries, and there was also outbreaks of bird flu, uh, avian influenza, in the EU markets. And the result was that the imports into South Africa slowed and gave the local industry a breather. And so what followed that was, was a period of good years, particularly 2018, uh, 20, yeah, 2018 and 2019, when 
the, we were quite profitable and, and it was worthwhile being in poultry. But what we've seen now is that those imports have, have sped up again and with the rise in input costs and obviously the, the sort of breakdown of our local and national governments and ESCOM and, and such, uh, those infrastructure problems have also contributed and so the profit margins have been slowly eroded over the last two years. Amy spends a lot of money on its public relations. They don't do anything without consulting a couple of experts. Mm. Where will things be, to your mind, in the next five years, specifically the import-export war, but also your own business? Right. So in terms of, of the national import-export war, what's happening at the moment is the SARPA has gone to court and, and through the World Trade Organization and through, I forget the name of the... SOPA being the South African, African Poultry Association. Association. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have, have proven dumping and proven dumping margins. And so the World Trade Organization, and I forget the name of that, but it's the, the South African Trade uh, Watchdog or whatever it is, has, has recommended to Minister Patel... Um, that anti-dumping duties be implemented particularly on Brazil, uh, Spain and one or two of the other EU countries which are still uh, dumping in the South African market. The minister, in his wisdom, has taken that and said he agrees and he will implement, but he's delaying that implementation for the course of one year because of the inflationary environment that we're in. Um, And that is understandable from his point of view, um, but it's obviously very painful for the industry because we we aren't getting what we should be for a kilogram of chicken and we're paying uh, way more than we should for, for maize and for feed. Astral Foods, the largest producer in the country, has stated that they are currently subsidising the cost of, of poultry for the consumer and for their customers. And when they subsidise, we all subsidise. So I think at the moment, very painful. Um, once those du- duties are implemented, I think things will improve. And in addition, um, SARPA has applied for access to the EU market for cooked products. So the EU currently keeps South African poultry out of their market by claiming that we have what's called Newcastle disease, which is endemic to the world. Everyone has it, but uh, they say it's not controlled in South Africa, which is is not true. Um, And in addition, our Department of Agriculture and our state vets are not at the level where they can allow for uh, export to the EU because there's certain checks that must be done. So SARPA is working with, with the Department of Agriculture to, to get that paperwork done to export to the EU with cooked products. There's a lot of similarities here between um, your industry and the fruit industry where mm-hmm. Spain had challenged us on the quality of our oranges and there was coddling moth and various other things. Yes. And it was all political. Yeah, yeah. The Europeans you speak are to the farmers and they say, no, there's never been a problem. If there's yeah. a problem, we cut it off at source. Yeah. So you chaps are fighting the same, the same problems. Yeah, we are. But I must say that Department of Agriculture is motivated to get this right. Um, they're working with some of the major players. And should our industry get, get cooked product access to the EU, I think it will change the game in South Africa. I think it will drop the price of um, drums, wings and thigh portions, so brown meat portions for the consumer, and it will make our industry far more competitive. Um, a South African 
broiler farmer today can expect to get between 50 and 70 rand a kilogram for breast fillet over in the EU, that, that's upwards of 100 rand. So if we can get that sort of margin for breast fillet, it allows us to drop the price of all the other portions because we farm chicken, we don't farm one specific portion or another. While we were chatting before we went on air, we spoke about beneficiation. Mm. If you can sell cooked product overseas, there's going to have to be a massive investment in beneficiation facilities. Can the industry cope with that? I think the industry already is so. Um, a number of the major players have uh, put in cooked product facilities. And when you look at the scale of the farming facilities, to put in the facilities to make, and it's, it's mostly crumbed, crumbed products, to put those facilities in is quite small change. I think uh, many of the major players have already made sub substantial uh, investments in, in cooked products. Um, cooked product facilities. I know Sovereign Foods, for example, in the Eastern Cape has, has put, I, I stand corrected, but I think they named the investment at, at $130 million into a crumbed uh, product facility. And they are tapping into a small export market in, in the Middle East with cooked product. But I think the end goal is to, is to tap into the EU market as well. And in relation to the size of the agricultural uh, facilities and the, and the amount of money already invested in in uh, maize farming, milling, breeder farming, broiler farming, broiler processing, the investment in finished product and in cooked product and export facilities is is minor compared to what's already in there. If we took upstream and downstream facilities into uh, account, have you any idea what the total investment is in? The poultry industry, but it's massive. It's it's massive. It's it's the largest uh, agricultural sector in the country that I'm aware of. Um, so at least the largest meat production sector, but I believe the largest agricultural production. Are you sector. are you already in beneficiation in some ways with your local plant here? It depends what you mean by beneficiation, but yeah, we in terms of adding adding value. Adding value. To chicken. So. We, we do um, produce a lot of uh, marinated and spiced products. Um, so, uh, sasatis, espatadas, um, spatchcocks, things like that, which is, yeah, you could consider those beneficiation. So, it's not going to be a quantum leap for you? If no, the, If no. the market is there, you could ramp up? Yeah, and we've considered uh, crumbed facilities before, and it's quite achievable. Crumbing is a, is a very scalable operation. Your background is... Fish farming, you've got an <laughs> MEC or whatever, that you, have you yes. got in fish farming? So I have an MSc in, in fisheries science um, from Rhodes University and just you know, basically based off of a BSc in, in science. And did you never think of getting into the fish growing market? I did. Um, I think that uh, if, I, if my family wasn't so involved in, in chicken farming, then I might have I got into that market. And to be honest, there are quite a lot of similarities um, between them because aquaculture is also a very intensive uh, type of farming. Um, but yeah, I, don't see, I don't see as much of a future in aquaculture as I do in, in the broiler industry. I don't think that the aquaculture industry will ever produce large-scale affordable protein the way that the broiler industry does. I think it will always be a niche market. Have things from the tech side changed that much in the business since your seven years? 
So on the farming side, not so much. Um, you know, when I entered the business, the the modern environmentally controlled broiler facility was already operational, um, and that hasn't changed very much. There's been minor tweaks to that model. But on the processing side, a lot has changed, specifically in, in things like uh, barcoding, uh, order tracking, yield tracking, things like that. So to give you an example, if, if we slaughter a two-kilogram bird, um, we aim to get 86% to 87% of that out in meat. And of that two kilos, about 72% will end up as what you would consider A-grade meat. That's, that's a, a whole chicken uh, without, without uh, livers and, and intestines and things like that. And we use nowadays very, very sophisticated software to track that yield and make sure that we are getting every last gram of chicken off of the carcass um, to make sure that we aren't losing to theft, to uh, water loss from drying out, to, uh, you know, if your farming isn't quite right, you lose portions to condemns because of uh, disease or, or birds that haven't grown correctly. So the technology has changed to allow us to track that. Um, in addition, we've installed uh, technology that cuts our chickens up, and that technology has become very smart to the point where it weighs birds and you can knock off whole birds of a certain size for certain products. You'll cut up other birds based on their size and based on their quality to make sure that you use your best quality portions for your best quality products. So your 700 workers plus minus, mm. a lot of time spent training them in new ideas? Yes, yeah. And uh, to give you an idea, in the, in the last 18 months, Anchor Foods has invested more than 80 million rand um, in our business in upgrades. So much of that was an expansion that, that uh, produced a further 41 jobs within, within our facility. But what you don't see is that there was a net increase in 40 or 41 jobs, but we also got rid of a lot of old non-skilled jobs and replaced those with upskilled jobs, with uh, things like scale operators, um, machine operators for overwrap machines, cut-up machines, weighing machines, uh, maintenance jobs. So there's been a lot of that, and it's very positive to see that as well. So in 1993, when your dad started with gun poles and wire and corrugated iron, things have changed somewhat, haven't they? How does the company look today as far as its production facilities go? So I would say... Um, Today, even in the last two years, um, the, we've come a long way. Um, where we used to be cutting chickens up by hand, we've automated that process. We were wrapping them by hand, we've automated that process. We were plucking them in what you call bowl pluckers, which are, is bird by bird plucking. Now that's in line. Um, the chilling is in line. There's a huge amount of technology that's been put in and so to see the, the facility today, it's unrecognisable to what it was. How many plants have you got? How many farms have you got? We have obviously one plant only, and that plant is fed by, uh, you could say, seven to eight farms. It depends how you look at what's a farm. But we, we produce over seven weeks. So a bird is slaughtered at between 32 and 33 days, and then there's several days of rest period and cleaning out before the next bird is placed in that house. 
Um, so if you can imagine seven, seven and a half to eight farms moving around. So we go one farm, we slaughter the birds in that farm, we clean it out and we place again, we move to the next farm, we slaughter the birds, etc. Um, so we have farms um, out on East Coast Resorts Road near Bulucha. Um, we have farms in and around Stutterheim uh, near Kaiskamahook and Isadenge area and on the N6 between Stutterheim and East London. SA Breweries was once famously quoted as saying, they don't, they're not great beer makers. What they really are great at is putting wheels under beer. How's your transport facilities? What is the cost of fuel doing mm. to your bottom line? Um, the, the cost of fuel, it's been devastating to us, to be honest. Um, and it's not just for transport, it's also for gensets. We spoke earlier um, about uh, gensets and ESCOM and the impact on our business. As an example, in September this year, with the load shedding that was happening then, which wasn't severe as now, we spent half a million rand on diesel for gensets alone. Just so that, you know, that's just an added cost that wasn't there before. Um, the Eastern Cape is far from the maize belt, and so much of our maize is brought in, and so we pay for transport to bring maize to local mills, which produce our feed. But in addition, the Eastern Cape's quite far from the major market. So we have our local market in Port Elizabeth. Um, but because we've grown now, we're also tapping into the Western Cape and KZN markets. And so the cost of shipping that product out has grown significantly as well. So I would say that probably the cost, cost increases in fuel have put an extra rand 50 to 2 rand per kilogram on the price of chicken for the consumer. So when I go and buy my roast chicken, I mustn't get annoyed with you guys for making too much profit out of it. <laughs> a, no. lot of, a lot of the increase is going elsewhere. Yeah, and you would have seen recently Astral Foods posted a, a doubling of their profit. That's their year results to September. And that's fantastic until you realise that that's in comparison to last year when their profits were way, way down as a result of, of bird flu and, and the effects of load shedding and dumping. So the industry at this point in time is very tough. It's not a very profitable industry. We are doing what everyone else is doing, which is keeping our head above water. And where we started was photovoltaic panels, and that's helping you keep your head above water. Oh, yeah. yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> Devin, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you. And uh, we hope the chickens to keep growing. That's what they do. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much, Ted. Thanks for having me on.